What's happening, everybody? I'm Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com, covering the Big 12 Conference as we do each and every week here on the show. Thanks for joining us on YouTube Live, on the podcast, on Facebook. It is always great to have you here as we talk about the latest news happenings across the Big 12 Conference. This channel, this show is growing every single week because of you. So hit that subscribe button. And we appreciate you being here. So uh, the Big 12, five teams ranked inside the ESPN FPI Top 25. I like to see that. It's very early, I know. We don't know who a lot of the even starting quarterbacks in some cases are going to be. But I get juice for football this time of year. Spring games are happening. You're starting to see what teams are going to look like. Now we have the transfer portal back open, so you don't really know. I feel like now you don't know until week one of the season. Oh, oh yeah, I, oh that's right. He's still on the team. I forgot about him. Oh, jeez, I, I forgot that guy just transferred in. Jeez, I can't believe that happened. So it is more difficult than ever. Like I think about Phil Steele, who puts out a great preview magazine, and I sit here and I say, Phil Steele used to be able to do a lot of that like March. Now he's got to kind of wait. He's got to wait to see who goes where, what you know happens in the transfer portal. It makes life much more difficult for those guys doing preview magazines. You know, for us, we can wait till July, August. But for those guys, they got to get it published. They got to turn that thing fast. So anyway, for the Big 12, five teams sitting inside the top 25. Uh, Texas comes in at five in the Football Power Index rankings from ESPN. Um, on top of that, you've got Oklahoma at 11, TCU at 17. Texas Tech at 22, Baylor at 23. So five in the top 25, seven in the top 30. UCF came in at 26, and Kansas State ranked 27th. So, uh, and this is just not, if you think about what the ESPN FPI is, right? It's not just like some guy's rankings. That's not what they are. That's not what they're intended to be. It's, it's done with ESPN using some models that they put together that's a little bit more about the analytics, and that's how they come up with these rankings. Now, that being said, I can tell you right out of the gate, Texas is going to be overrated. Not, not because I sit here and don't like Texas. Some of you think that, but that's not true. Because for 15 years, Texas has oftentimes, whether it's an AP poll or the football power index from ESPN every stinking time. They got all the talent in the world. The analytics and the eye test should tell you they are, you know, a top five, top 10 team. And then push comes to shove. They get on the field and they're not. So this is not me making some grandiose statement. This isn't some hot take or big opinion. It's just looking at the facts as they presently exist and that they have existed for 15 years. If Texas finally is back, then you know what? I'll accept that. I'll be happy for the Longhorns, and we'll all move on. But until I see it, I'm not believing it. I'm not. I'm sorry. So I know that much. Oklahoma coming at 11. That, to me, is also something I sit here and I say to myself, okay, I mean, OU's got talent. They went 6-7 and seven last year. Venables, clunky year one. Can he right the ship in year two? Does he now have the horses on defense that he wants to have to run his scheme? He's getting closer. I don't think he's there yet. He's getting closer. On the other side of the ball, Dylan Gabriel, Jeff Levy, that offense, do they start 
mirroring, or more so, shall we say, mimicking what we've come to expect the last half a decade from Oklahoma's offense. I think there was this misconception that Oklahoma's offense was going to pick up where it left off, even though Lincoln Riley was gone. And yes, Jeff Levy is a great offensive mind. And yes, Dylan Gabriel is a really good quarterback. But it's not Lincoln Riley. It's not Caleb Williams. It's not Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, etc. So there was a step back there. We know that. That's a fact. Are they going to get all that going again? Are they going to pick up the pace? OU is going to be better. There's no doubt about it. Are they going to be a top 10, top 15 team in the country? I'm going to reserve judgment on that in part because of how deep this league is going to be. And this leads me to what I think is one of the biggest storylines in this ESPN football power index ranking that came out this week. I know it's April, but you're fired up for college football. I'm fired up for college football. When you look at the ESPN football power index rankings, the four new teams are all in the bottom. uh, Let's see here. Well, three of the four new teams are in the bottom five. UCF, their football power index is 26th in the country. That's fifth in the Big 12. Sixth in the Big 12. But at the bottom, the bottom five teams in ESPN's football power index in the Big 12 in order. Cincinnati at 48, Houston at 54, West Virginia at 57, BYU at 60, Kansas at 68. Now I will say this. For a league with 14 teams, everybody's in the top 70. That's pretty darn good. All right. Overall, you got to look at this league and say this is going to be a very deep Big 12 as it was last year. You cannot take that away from this league. I'm not convinced there's a national championship contender here. I wasn't convinced of that last year either, and TCU proved me wrong. But this year, this is going to be the kind of a league with 14 teams, no more round robins, By the way, the new guys are going to want a piece of the old guys, especially against OU in Texas. I'm looking at the Big 12 and saying, I'm not convinced there's a playoff contender here unless it finally does click for Texas for whatever reason. But this is going to be a league that is deep. That will be the deepest conference in America, just like it was in basketball season. That's what the Big 12 is going to be again. It is going to be the most fun league in America. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But I look at some of these numbers here um, when it comes to the football power index for ESPN, and I do shake my head. I mean, they're giving Texas a 55% chance to win the conference and a 34% chance to make the college football playoff and a 15% chance to make the national championship game. That's what I, that, that's, come on now. I have you watched Texas football? I'm not saying they don't have a lot of talent. They do. But that much to have those kind of odds, 34% chance to make the playoff in the Big 12. And and by the way, when you look at the Texas football schedule, it's not an easy one to navigate. They got to go to Alabama. So right away, you're saying, okay, go to Alabama, chalk it up as a loss. Even though Texas can hang with them, they hung with them last year, but let's be honest, chalk it up as a loss. And then you're looking at what? Maybe one more game you can lose the entire season. Got to go to Baylor, got the OU game, to Houston. You know Dana and those Cougars are going to be fired up. You got the uh, BYU Cougars coming in. BYU is going to want a piece of you. K-State, TCU, at Iowa State in late November. 
You've seen Texas play in late November in Ames? Hasn't gone well at times. And then you're going to have Texas Tech on Black Friday, and Texas Tech could be a team that's an absolute dark horse in this league. In fact, if you want to find a team out of the Big 12 that a lot of the national folks are going to be talking about here come summertime, it will be Joey McGuire and Texas Tech. There's no doubt in my mind that that will be a game and or that will be a team that a lot of national pundits are going to have as a dark horse. And we're going to find out very early about Texas Tech because they've got Oregon in week two. That's going to be very entertaining. And their Big 12 schedule, if you look at the Big 12 schedule for Texas Tech, I don't want to say it's soft, but now we get to analyze Big 12 schedules beyond simply who's home and who's away. Because for the last several years, last decade now, that the Big 12 has had 10 teams and they played this true round robin, you knew who you were playing every year, right? There was no easy schedule, hard schedule. It was really more about who you had at home and who you had on the road. But now, especially with 14 teams for this year, you got a situation here where uh, the schedule is going to make a big deal in terms of who can end up winning this league and getting to a Big 12 championship. And if I look at the Texas Tech schedule, you go at West Virginia, Houston, Baylor, K-State, BYU, TCU, Kansas, UCF, Texas. I'm not sitting here telling you it's easy by any stretch of the imagination. But um, just at a glance, I'm sitting here and I'm saying, okay, I'm getting a bunch of the new teams. Sign me up for that. And two of the teams that a lot of people think are going to be on the bad side of the new guys, Houston and BYU. You got a West Virginia team, and Neil Brown's on the hot seat right now. I don't think they're going to be very good this year. Uh, Baylor, Dave Aranda, got to see what kind of bounce back he's got in him. You're going to Kansas, and Kansas also improving, but it is still Kansas, probably uh, you know a bottom-tier team in this league. And then a new team, UCF at home, that could be tricky. And then at Texas, uh, you know, you're missing Oklahoma State if you're Texas Tech. You're missing Oklahoma if you're Texas Tech. So all in all, you look at this and you say, for Texas Tech, when you look at the schedule and you look at what Joey McGuire has put together, he's got himself a very good chance to make a huge jump in year two. And that will be a very, watch it, it will be a very trendy pick in this conference to roll with Texas Tech in the Big 12. And frankly, I don't think that you could call him a dark horse at this point. I don't. I think that by the time we get to midsummer, if you want to impress your buddies right now, say, give me Texas Tech as a dark horse team. But don't say it in July or August because everyone's going to be saying it by then, I promise. Everyone's going to be saying it. Now, when I look at these um, ESPN, FPI rankings, football power index rankings is what they call them. And, you know, it's a combination of... uh, a lot of things, including advanced analytics from ESPN. I'm sitting here and I'm saying, is TCU getting disrespected? And I don't think they are. If there's a team that is getting disrespected, because TCU is 17th in the country in these football power index rankings, third in the Big 12. That's that's respectable. If there's a team that should feel like it's getting disrespected here in all this, it's Kansas State. Kansas State won the Big 12. Like, I know we all sit here and we say, well, TCU got to a national title, and TCU deserved to be in the college football playoff, no doubt in my mind. But if we're looking at 
let's not forget Kansas State winning the Big 12 Conference, bringing back their quarterback, Will Howard, and a bunch of other pieces. I know Deuce Vaughn is gone. No doubt that hurts. Uh, I hope he gets picked up by the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, I'm based out of Kansas City. I hope he gets picked up by the Chiefs in the NFL draft. Just saying. He'd be a great weapon for Mahomes and Reed. But uh, if I'm looking at who's getting shafted here a little bit, it's Kansas State. I mean, heck, they're behind UCF, and that's no insult to UCF, but Kansas State just won a Power 5 conference a year ago. I mean, goodness gracious. Can we get a little bit of love here? They're returning a guy who may very well be the best quarterback in the Big 12. Hey, what? I, I don't think that's a too big a statement to you. you got to win one game right now in the Big 12. Who do you want a quarterback? Who would you take? You want Quinn Ewers at Texas? Maybe. Sell me on that. Dylan Gabriel? Yeah, okay. Sell me on that. Who, who else? Who else are you going to take a quarterback over Will Howard? And I wouldn't take Ewers or Gabriel over Will Howard if I got to win a game right now. He can do it with his legs. He can do it with his arm in a way that those two guys can't. I think he's tougher than both of those guys. So, I, you know, if I got to win one game right now in this league, who do I want a quarterback? I want Will Howard. Heck, you can maybe sell me on Jalen Daniels from Kansas in that mix, but I'd go Howard. So Kansas State coming in 27th and coming in 6th in the Big 12 in the, uh, you know, way too early ESPN football power index rankings, that's one right there that's got me saying, oh, K-State fans have some beef there. K-State absolutely has a right to have some beef there. No doubt about it. So uh, read about that. It's up on the website at heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. Hey, hit that subscribe button on, on YouTube if you haven't yet. This show is growing every single day because of you. Uh, we started really building up the YouTube page uh, a few months ago, and you guys have responded in a huge way. So thank you. Same thing on the podcast, by the way. Um, leave a five-star rating and review if you've got 30 seconds of your time. It's a great way to keep this show ranking number one when it comes to Big 12 podcasts, and that's because of you. We don't have some massive marketing budget. We've got you. We've got me. We've got the guys on the staff at Heartland College Sports, and now we're reaching millions of Big 12 fans every single month on all of our platforms. So thank you. Genuinely, thank you for that. And doing this in the offseason will help us really grow as we get towards the football season. So speaking of Kansas State, uh, what a big couple of days for K-State this week. So on the football field, uh, K-State landed the third-ranked player in the state of Kansas in the 2024 cycle in John Price. He's a local guy, uh, Blue Valley High School. He is attending Kansas State. And obviously, you think about the success they've had at running back and uh, pretty damn good. So getting top-ranked talent in the state of Kansas to stay there because there's not a lot. I mean, compared to Texas, uh, certainly there's not a lot. Even compared to Oklahoma, there's not quite as much. Although I will say, Kansas guys oftentimes are the kind of guys who are two or three-star guys who, when developed in a quality developmental program, become NFL prospects. I mean, you see it all the time at Kansas State because of the high school rules, they can't get in you know, as much practice time. It's not Texas when it comes to the high school rules. So you can find a lot of gems in Kansas. 
They might not be the five-star shiny guys that you see in the 247 and uh, rivals recruiting rankings, but, you know, Brees Hall, great example of a guy who, you know, is a Wichita guy, and look what ended up happening to him. So Kansas State has a lot of hidden gems at the high school level. Uh, There's no doubt about that. And John Price is hoping to be that next guy, although, you know, being a three-star prospect is nothing to shake your head at. Yeah, he chose K-State over KU, Oklahoma State, Minnesota, and Iowa. So there's a guy to watch. But in bigger K-State athletics news, wow, five-star guard David Castillo picked K-State over KU. Yes, you heard that right. Five-star 2024 prospect David Castillo committed to Kansas State. He becomes the highest-rated K-State commit in over a decade, according to 247 Sports. Uh, That is unbelievable. And this is in Jerome Tang's first full year of recruiting. Now, we know what Jerome Tang did. We know how good um, a coach he is, how good a dude we believe he he is as well, but now he's recruiting. And, I mean, geez, the guy got to an Elite Eight. He was 10 subpar minutes of basketball away from the Final Four after becoming the head coach at Kansas State with two guys, two guys on his roster, one being Marquise Noel. And now he's getting to recruit his guys. He's getting to develop his guys. And uh, this is unbelievable. Castillo is the 20th player in the nation, third-ranked combo guard in the nation, top player in the state of Oklahoma. And uh, Jerome Tang is putting it together with a five-star recruit. If somebody told you that Jerome Tang was going to land five-star recruits, stealing them from Kansas in his second year on the job, he'd also get further than KU in his first year on the job in the NCAA tournament, what would you have said? This team was picked to finish last in the Big 12 on the basketball floor this past season. And they got to an Elite Eight. It's just unbelievable, this story. And this really is the golden age for Kansas State Athletics. Some may say it was 10 years ago. They had a good run in 2011-12, right? They uh, won the Big 12 in football, uh, won the Big 12 in basketball. This is better because of what the future looks like. This is better because you're on the upswing. You're not looking at Bill Snyder saying the end is near. You're looking at Jerome Tang and Chris Kleiman, two guys who are great guys, great leaders of men, great program developers, and have bought into K-State through and through. This is a heck of a time. If you are a Kansas State fan, alum, whatever, You are entering, I believe, the golden age for your athletic department. And Gene Taylor, the AD, deserves an enormous amount of credit for that. There's no doubt about it. It is very impressive what is happening there. Now, I do want to uh, touch on this. We're in football, and we are in, excuse me, we're not in football season. I wish we were in football season. I'd be doing cartwheels right now. I'd also have a beer in my hand. Um, We're not in football season. We are in baseball and softball season. We've got a ton of content at heartlandcollegesports.com covering Big 12 baseball and Big 12 softball. Our guy Brian Clinton wrote a piece this week that I hope you would check out. And it was just about how, for the second time in as many weeks, a ranked Big 12 game is not getting on TV. So you go back a couple of weeks, Baylor went to Tennessee, took on number four Tennessee, non-conference matchup, and the Bears won both games, didn't make the tube. 
not even ESPN+. Plus. Uh, fast forward this week, Oklahoma State playing Wichita State, middle of the week, top 25 matchup, same thing, not on ESPN+. Plus. I don't get it. I just don't understand it, um, especially when Iowa State and Southeast Missouri State, that game is on ESPN+. Plus. Over Oklahoma State and Wichita State, when it comes to softball, top 25 matchup. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert and try to figure out how ESPN decides what softball games make it to ESPN+. But you got a midweek top 25 matchup in the fastest growing sport in America, and that's what college softball is. It is the fastest growing sport in this country, and you can't get a top 25 matchup on ESPN+. Make that make any sense. I don't understand how they are not pushing quality college softball, top 25 midweek matchups that people would be tuning into. Top three team in the nation in Oklahoma State, Wichita State's in the top 25. If you're a college softball fan, that's a great Tuesday night matchup, and you can't find it. You got to find a radio stream to listen to, and I'm not against radio. I'm a radio guy. Uh, by day so I like radio but that's got to be a game that ESPN has got to put a priority on and figure out how to get available on ESPN plus you're doing a disservice to the fans you're doing a disservice to the sport of college softball which is on fire right now you got to figure out how to get those games on ESPN plus you got to do it if you're ESPN there's no excuse there's just no excuse. I don't care if you don't have the scoreboard up. Half these ESPN Plus games don't have scoreboards on the screens. I don't need them. It's okay. But they've got to do a better job of getting these games available on TV. They have to do it to keep this sport growing. And I hope that they do. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. It is so good to be here with you. Thank you for joining us. We talk Big 12 on this show all the time. That's what we do. That's who we cover. Some of you asking on uh, YouTube Live about the signs. So don't worry. All right, we got the 10 teams up there right now. We are going to get the other four. I promise you. You're going to see Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, and BYU right behind me in the studio. Now, I can't promise you big signs because I set this up with the teams that we have. But remember, two are coming down next year. And for those of you wanting me to yank Texas and Oklahoma off the wall, I'm not doing it till July 1 of next year. All right, we're still covering Oklahoma and Texas for as long as they're in this conference. We're going to cover them fairly when it comes to on the field, even though, yes, of course, I'm going to tell you how I think that they made a mistake leaving this league. And it will be a day that they rue. Won't be tomorrow. It won't be next year. But eventually they will rue the day that they left this league. But I will still cover them fairly and they will still have a spot on this wall. All right. Some of you don't like it, but you know what? Uh, we got to do what we got to do here to cover this league fairly on the field, off the field, everything else. So thank you for being here. Subscribe if you are not yet subscribed to this show because we have so much content around the Big 12 coming your way this offseason. We do shows at least once a week, um, certainly two or three times a week once we get into football season. But in the offseason, we'll be here one to two times a week at the very, very least for you on the show. So thank you. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on the podcast. 
And um, we will talk to you guys soon. Have a great rest of your day. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Appreciate you being here.